what is the purpose of a youth conference? Um, like I said, we, yeah. we have our jaded view as teenagers, <laughs> what a youth conference is supposed to be and what our goal is. It's fun, yeah. or whatever, but as a youth pastor, what is your goal for you? So, as a, as a host of the, the youth conference, you have got to determine before you launch your youth conference what is your purpose. Make sure, obviously, that aligns with your pastor's vision for what he wants. Mm -hmm. But for, for me, we had a lot of good teenagers in our youth group in our areas, and it was that step from good to godly. Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Pastor Mark Upshendik. Uh, Brother Mark Upshendik uh, grew up in the ministries of Northwest Bible Baptist Church, uh, along with me as well in the same youth group and have a lot of good memories together. And uh, he spent uh, 10 years or 11 years down in Arlington, Texas as a youth pastor and uh, helped uh, in the church there and is now transitioning, starting a church in Topeka, Kansas and this whole topic of church planning. Uh, we're going to have to put a pin in that and mm -hmm. come back to that in another day. But I want to talk about uh, your position as youth pastor at Trinity and how you inherited a youth conference when you became youth pastor at that church. And we're just going to talk a little bit about hosting a youth conference. What is involved? Obviously, we have fond memories of youth conferences mm -hmm. growing up. And as most things teenagers don't really worry about logistics. <laughs> they don't really worry about how this happened. They don't worry about uh, the serious side of things. They worry about, okay, what are the activities in this youth conference? Exactly. How much fun exactly. am I going to have? Who else is going? Who's going to be there? And how much fun can we have? Um, and obviously, you've got to transition from that perspective to okay, now I'm running this thing, right. and what makes a youth conference work? And so talk a little bit about that youth conference there in Arlington and uh, how you started working with it. So it started in 2000, and so when I took it over, it had completed 10 years. And uh, I inherited it on its 11th and then ran 10 more years with that. Okay. And um, the, the transition from Pastor Smith to Pastor Laster, there was a little bit of a gap. Uh, f they, they said, they told the staff, at this time, if you'd like to transition out, it's a great time to do that. So the youth pastor at Trinity took a pastorate. Okay. And so they were without a youth pastor for a solid year. And wow. I, think, I think that caused a lot of attrition kind of in the attendance of youth conference. There wasn't anybody to make it their baby and to, to mm -hmm. put any just passion into it. So uh, I had gotten it after almost sitting dormant for an entire you know, two years since the last conference they hosted it, wow. but wasn't, no one had the time or energy to put into it. So my first conference, we, we had 50 teenagers in our youth group. As far as registered delegates at the conference, there's 80 teenagers registered. So 50 of them were from my church. Wow. From other churches, so uh, not a, not a great, uh, strong kind of regional conference at that point. So really, it was a reboot. When it was. You it took was. it over, and yes. you got to make it something that you wanted it to be. Yeah. So we, you and I, have just uh, exposure, a paradigm of what youth conference is and should sure. look like, and and it benefited me so much. I, to me, my brother is the camp guy, and I appreciated camp. I enjoyed camp, but I loved youth conference. Mm -hmm. And so when I got a chance, I found out that my position was also hosting a youth conference. I was so excited about it. So I took a lot of the, the template that we had and I moved that over. I didn't realize that that was nothing near the template that they had had up to that date. Yeah. Youth conference was a preaching conference, a pastor's conference, 
with just a younger generation. So it was suits, ties, sewing was the activity, things like that. Oh, I see. And I didn't, I didn't realize that. I came in and Pastor Laster's just like, how about you just run it however you would run it? So uh, we, we decorated the whole auditorium. We made it uh, ridiculous outings and activities. And it was a little bit shocking to the people who had exposure to the youth concert for. And, and I was shocked that Pastor Laster trusted me that much to just <laughs> let, because I didn't realize what I had done. And, and, and he just <laughs> So said, you're the new guy yes. and you're just doing what you have always known youth conferences to be yes. while everybody else is like, what in the world is this guy <laughs> no, doing? Wow, that's crazy to think about that. And so um, talk a little bit about, um, you know, just how did you grow this youth conference? Obviously, you started, you know, small and through the years you, you built it up to something bigger. What were some of the things that you thought were effective uh, in helping to grow it? Okay. Um, so the last year I hosted it, 2020, we, we had almost 300 in attendance. Wow. And, so it and that was some, during 2020. Some, yes. It had some significant growth and just steady growth all the way up. Uh, one thing is that with youth work, youth ministry is cyclical. I mean, it, there's, there's always a change in the dynamic based on the individuals. You cannot just get stuck in a rut with this is youth conference, this is the template. Every year, reevaluate everything. Mm -hmm. Reevaluate the schedule, the speakers, the activities. For seven years, I didn't repeat a single activity. Every year, there's three brand new activities. Wow. And I started off first year, my activity budget was $4 a person. You know? and, then, and then by the last, wow. by the last year, our budget was $1,000 an hour is what I was spending. I, it, would, it would run, it would be, a t you know, uh, I guess that maybe that math's not right, because it would run a solid two days, and I'd be right at $30,000 was the expenses on wow. that. And so, uh, but the, it was always, if you look at it from an economical standpoint, I was, I was cash flow positive. I was always profitable. It, it was never a drain on the ministry. And so I always came under budget and we were able to build that up. But um, making it, 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 it requires 14 months of planning. You have got to start planning your next youth conference before you launch the one that's in front of you. And you've got to start inviting speakers, uh, reserving the dates, mm -hmm. mapping things out. If you don't plan that far out, it, it won't grow. So step number one of planning a youth conference 14 months ahead of time, number one, speakers. Yes. Number two. A activities, mm -hmm. lodging, all the, the big things. And just and then, and then so that way when you promote it, you can be specific about it. You know, you say do a save the date. That's helpful, but then you want to be able to have something tangible and say, "This is what we're actually going to do," mm -hmm. and uh, to be able to to pour yourself into that. So it is it's it's amazing amount of time that it, it takes. But I think, I think for me, I found that it was worth the investment. Mm -hmm. It really was. What is the purpose of a youth conference? Um, like I said, we yeah. we have our jaded view as teenagers <laughs> what a youth conference is supposed to be and what our goal is. It's fun, yeah. or whatever. But w as a youth pastor, what is your goal for you? So, conference? as a as a host of the, the youth conference, you have got to determine before you launch your youth conference what is your purpose. Make sure, obviously, that aligns with your pastor's vision for what he wants. Mm -hmm. But for for me, we had a lot of good teenagers in our youth group in our areas, and it was that step from good to godly. So mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't going to be catering to a very broad spectrum of churches, we were going to be specific in our invitations and very uh, accurate in our, our rules or policies. And we're going to follow those because we're looking for good teenagers that, that just had a desire for God and to be able to help them make that very, it's a subtle shift, but it's a huge, it's a difficult step to, from good to godly. So we looked at it and mm -hmm. said, look, this is our purpose behind this. It's for, for good Christian teenagers, and we want to do something special for them and help them just make that jump. So everything that we did then, we 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 filtered it through 
does this align with our purpose? It's a, it's a youth conference, mm-hmm. so it c- should be like teen-centric. Mm-hmm. It, it should have a teen schedule. So we didn't start early in the morning. We started, we started later in the morning, but we stayed up really late at night. And that, mm-hmm. that, that okay. catered to the teenagers. And that was one of those things where every year we reevaluated. So first year, we launched a youth conference. We stay up all night. You know, okay, once again, my paradigm, you stay up all night Sunday night. You decorate. Youth conferences launches Monday night. By the second speaker, all of my teenagers were asleep because they hadn't slept all Sunday night. They hadn't slept for like two days. And I looked at it. What was the purpose of doing this if all of them were going to be asleep? So, yeah. so we rebooted and said, okay, let's not start on Monday. Let's start on Tuesday. So we decorate all Sunday night. They crash Monday night. We start Tuesday. And mm-hmm. then it, it helped people with their travel schedules. It helped uh, um, groups that were arriving and just helped the teen spirits to be open from the first service. And so, so determining what your purpose is and then deciding every decision I make is going to be filtered through this this end in mind. This I is what like I want to achieve. Phrase: You want to transition from good to godly, mm-hmm. which means you want good teenagers in right. your youth right. conference. And that doesn't always mean that you know, doesn't always mean you don't want like it to be a babysitting service. Right, right, right. And and like I said, it doesn't always mean Christian teenagers. I, I love youth conference for brand new teens that are just this is their first exposure to this environment. Mm-hmm. It's a very safe environment for them to enter into. Camp, you're going to send them off for five whole days, five nights, like away from home. If you can do something that's a little bit closer geographically, a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. and, and a little bit more relaxed, it does help them to be able to have that, that initial growth in their own life. And so good doesn't always mean like, I got to have the church kid. A lot of times, Teens first year in the youth group will say, hey, we have camp coming up, but let me suggest that you hold off and just go to youth conference this year. And that seemed to be a really good segue. It, it helped them to be able to create some really meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. And then we saw that just kind of as the platform for their growth. Nice. Any tips for setting up a schedule? You talked a little bit about oh, that goodness, already. Yeah. Yeah. Starting on Tuesday seemed to work a lot better for you. Uh, yeah. Any other scheduling things going late into the night, but what what was the preaching services, one in the so, morning, one in the evening? Okay, good good question. I think uh, first evaluating, uh, can I get a really good activity? And then build all of your services and your schedule around that really good activity. Because okay. you can be fluid with your own service schedule. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, with the, for, for our church, with the exception of Wednesday night, we weren't going to change that. We actually started a Wednesday night service earlier, but we weren't going to take a service off of a midweek time. Sure. So that stayed the same. But I, one of the, the reasons we shifted in the beginning is because the, the Rangers had a game that landed right in the middle of what would have been our first service. And we thought, well, now our first thing is going to be an activity, and we can shift our service. and can't shift the Rangers game. Yeah. So, so you build it off of that and then you also look at the churches that are coming making sure that it's conducive to their travel schedule so if they're coming from a distance if if they can have money to travel and they can come fresh on tuesday that's great if you can start tuesday in the afternoon our registration would be at noon on tuesday Mm -hmm. that would mean local churches could take off in the morning eight you know seven eight o'clock and be able to make it there just fine and and uh, our first service was usually tuesday at three o'clock and that's that's we moved it to three o'clock uh, so we had time to get to the Rangers game that night, and it just and so so every year we the entire entire schedule we reevaluate that. But so every year your service times might yeah. be different. Yes, and that's that's the important thing about planning fourteen months out because if it's going to be a total shift, the people that are coming are going to need to know that. 
Yeah. You don't want to surprise him with that. So uh, we, we fell into a really good schedule and some really solid activities about seven years in, some that were worth repeating, uh, so a schedule that seemed to really be conducive to the groups that were coming. And so the last three or four years, we, we stuck with that. But we stuck with it because it's purposeful, not just because it was routine. Mm-hmm. And so, so looking at the whole week, so that's, that's scheduling the week out and then scheduling the services out, same thing. We just thought we wanted to be a, a teen-centric service. Um, a lot of times there's a hesitation for, for doing any type of media or any type of games or skits or interaction in a service. Mm-hmm. But the thought is this, that you are earning the right to do the spiritual and it's okay to have activities. And that's, once again, mm-hmm. if that's not your purpose behind your, your conference, you'd say, well, it, you would say that's, that's counterproductive. But my purpose was, look, I wanted to be able to have an open spirit for these good teens. Let me do something special, special activities. Some, make, it, make it, especially because my teens, they were always in that sanctuary. That was the voices that they heard was my voice. So it wasn't new or exciting to them unless, unless I created something like that for mm-hmm. them. And it was special for them. And it, it created special moments. And it, that translated into special time with God. It really did. So you'd have one big activity each day, a service kind of bookending the activities on either side of it, before and after, and then late night? Yes. <laughs> how, how late is late? Uh, I mean, it's got to go into the, the wee hours of the next morning. So, okay. yeah, we'd have to go uh, past midnight. And then the same thing. So even if it oh. only le- ended at 11, 12 o'clock, they're not going to go to bed when they get back to the hotel. And, and I wanted them to have the liberty to stay up late if they wanted to and then not to be completely crashed for the morning service. So uh, we would, Rangers game was one, um, ice skating rinks, we'd rank those out. And Texas is so fun to watch teenagers <laughs> ice skate in Texas. And so we would uh, rent out entire ice skating rinks, uh, uh, entertainment places like bowling alleys and uh, go-karts and, and uh, I don't know, just, just all of the teen well, things. That's it's smart because mm-hmm. who else is running out of place at, 10 o'clock in right. the, in it the does evening help. until 1 in the morning. Okay, so once again, I'm setting up a schedule. We find this awesome activity and say, hey, can we come? And they say, yeah, those are peak hours. It's this much money. Well, what if we came after hours? And so that would work in our favor. Trampoline park, it was, was going to be $2,000 an hour. I said, well, what if we came after close? Well, you can get it for three hours for 1500 bucks. I was like, okay. So we shifted the schedule to be able to open up the evening mm-hmm. so that we could do, afford this activity. And so, yeah. So just never take... The status quo. You're always thinking, yeah. how can I do this different? Yes. To save money and to just work with our schedule. Exactly, because you don't, it's, it's counterproductive for teens to just get in a routine. When you say, look, you want it to be something that's personal, but they anticipate, oh, it's always this service, it's always this speaker, it's always this schedule, and it just kind of becomes rote. And you think, I want to make it where it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of my theme, my unwritten rule for services is controlled chaos. Yeah. It, it, it should appear, and this is what I learned from watching Jay Reed and his, I'd always think, man, these guys are popping up to the pulpit, he's playing his guitar, someone's on the piano all of a sudden, then there's just this random skit and then the preacher comes up and it's just like everybody just, whenever they feel like it, they jump in and then you realize, wow, that was, looked so organic, but it meant that it was well plotted out. Yeah. And for the teenagers, I want it to look like it's just chaos. They, they're not anticipating what's coming, but, but if it's going to be, but I know that it's controlled. I know that I've structured something. And so takes, behind the scenes, there is an order of service. My, my but everybody else, from yes. appearances, it looks like there's a disorder of service. Exactly, exactly. And, and when you're speaking to teenagers, when you're having a teen service, if it's too loud, if it's too raucous, they're not listening. But mm-hmm. the same goes for if it's too quiet. 
if, if sometimes and I, I will be in youth services and I walk away from it and some of the older people who haven't worked with teens were like, man, they were so good, they were so quiet, it was just, you could hear a pin drop. You know, they weren't listening to a thing you're saying. They had zoned out. It was not good that it was that quiet. So you want to always mm-hmm. keep some type of a buzz going, but it's not easy to be able to control that because sometimes it can get too high and how to, how to be able to temper that. Yeah. So, yeah, we, the, my, my orders of service, they really are an entire 8.5 by 11 spreadsheet that just goes minute by minute, and it, it fills an entire page for one service. And that means that it's a lot of work for the musicians and for the accompaniment and for the sound guys and the mm-hmm. AV guys, and then for the speakers asking them to be able to, to come into this environment and, and to be able to work with them and say, guys, look, I appreciate you coming in. And, and my philosophy in the order of service is we always want a negative one-second dead time. I, would, I don't want a second of silence. Want overlap. I want it to overlap everything. And, and I just, it's, I think with youth work and youth services, momentum is so important. And so as a host youth pastor, I would say it's my responsibility to take this audience and to be able to see their spirit open and to be able to hand an open spirit to the guest speaker. Mm-hmm. And if you hand it over to the guest speaker and they feel like now they have to get the crowd open or they have to interact with them and they, they feel a disconnect with them, as a host youth, host youth pastor, I didn't do my job well. You grab the attention and you're yeah. just simply transporting yeah. it to the speaker. Yes, and, and the devil is so good at interruptions and teens are so bad at paying attention that a second of, of silence can just drop that momentum. Sure. And, and you, it's, it's so hard to bring it back up. It really is. You can't afford that. So. You talked a little bit about all the different groups of people that you've got working. Talk a little bit about some of the responsibilities of that host uh, of that youth conference, the host youth pastor. What are, what are all the things you've got to do? And right. you're being pulled in a million different directions, a million different questions. How do you want us to handle this? And how do you manage that? I, I didn't do it well the first couple of years. I thought I did, but I was running around like crazy. And mm-hmm. I realized that I had robbed the conference of my attention because I was, I was micromanaging everything. And once I grew it to a point where I didn't just delegate jobs, I started delegating responsibilities. That's where it alleviated me to do my job with excellence. Say that again. You didn't delegate jobs. You delegated responsibilities. What's the difference? So I'm managing all of the decorating, right? And I have it mapped out in my head. And I know every room. I know every decoration. And I say, okay, I want you to, I need you to set these chairs up. And I need you to hang these lights. And I need you to decorate the platform just like this. And, And I had all the questions then filtered through me. Any question. And I had to be there for that. And then I ran the whole conference like that. I was the one that, that was in charge of the meals and I was in charge of of the activities and then eventually I realized this thing outgrew me and I was running around like crazy so I said can you be the meal person any meal questions are going to go through you all the volunteers are recruited by you all of the the meals that are negotiated for the price you negotiate those you set up the deliveries you set up the serving lines and I would work with this person and I'd spend a lot of time with this person saying this is exactly how I want it to go I want every I want 300 meals served in less than seven minutes and that's your goal. That's your dead, dead time. And so I'd structure that. And then mm-hmm. after that meeting was done, they handled everything. And no, I didn't answer any meal questions. I didn't recruit any of the volunteers for that. And so I said, that whole responsibility is now yours. So you aren't the mama of that. Yes. You yes. don't have to answer any questions unless it's big enough where that one person right. can come to you and ask that big exactly. question. Yeah. And so you do that with every aspect, whether it's you know the sound media, mm-hmm. whether it's music, whether it's meals, 
even activities, I imagine, too. Yes. The, the day I turned over, I scheduled the activities, I budgeted them, and then I handed them over to a guy first. said, week of, you are lead. You get there half an hour before any of us do. You make sure everything's set. And, and then as soon as we arrive, you're the first face that they see, and you're barking orders or giving instructions or handing out passes. That's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. And the, the moment I did that, it made youth conference so much fun. I got to just go to an activity. I got to ride on the bus to the activity with my teenagers. I got to do youth conference with my teens which I hadn't done for like four years because mm-hmm. I was like leaving them behind to go run jobs and leaving them behind because I had to host everybody. And I, I walked away from youth conference every year saying, I don't even know if that person came. And they were from my youth group. Hmm. I thought, that's a shame. That's, that's just poor management, poor delegation. And w- when I was able to make that shift, it made it a world of difference for the way I enjoyed youth conference and what I was able to give to my own teens. Yeah. So you basically, you were hosting a youth conference, but then again, you got to step away from being the host to actually be a youth pastor for your teens when they need you most. It's one of those critical weeks when decisions are made. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you talking a little bit about youth conferences, and obviously we can go into so many more details in so many different directions. But uh, if you want to check us out on our YouTube channel and find other topics related to the youth work, uh, you can find our YouTube channel and also the audio-only platforms. And uh, make sure that you like, you comment, and you subscribe as well. And we thank you so much for joining us.